My name is Kara Marie Morris, and I want to welcome you to the Words in Season podcast. This is episode two of a series that I'm calling The Shallow's End. The end to the shallowness of my relationship with Jesus Christ. So in Ezekiel 47, it says, Then he, my guide, brought me to the door of the house of the Lord, to the temple, and the waters that issued out from under the threshold temple towards the east. And the waters came down from the right side of the temple and out on the south side of the altar. And he brought me by the way of the north gate and led me around to the outer gate by way of the faces to the east. And behold, the waters were running out of the right side. And then the man went on eastward and measuring a line with his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. And he caused me to pass through the waters, waters that were ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and he caused me to pass through the waters and reach to the knees. And again, he measured another thousand cubits and he caused me to pass through the waters and the water reached my waist. And after he had measured another thousand cubits, it was a river that I could not pass through for the waters had risen and I had to swim in a river that could not be passed or walked through. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? And then he led me and caused me to return to the bank of the river. And I returned and behold, the bank of the other river, where there were very many trees on one side and on the other. And he said that these waters pour out towards the eastern region. And when they enter the sea, the putrid waters, the waters shall be healed and made fresh. And the fishermen shall stand on the banks, and it shall be a place where they spread their nets. And the the fish of very many kinds, as fish of the great Mediterranean Sea, And on the banks of the river, on both sides, there will be trees that grow for all kinds of food, and their leaves shall not fade, nor will their fruit fail to meet the demand. Each tree shall bring forth new fruit every month, because their waters came out of the sanctuary, and their fruit shall be for food, and their leaves for the healing of the nations. So that this scripture in Ezekiel 47, it's talking about wading into the things of God and that there is, like Jesus said, that there is a river flowing out of us, that there is a flow that we can step into. And that's why I called this series, The Shallows In. I had a desire in my heart that, God, I just wanna know you more. I wanna go deeper in the things of God, not just ankle deep, not just doing church on Sundays, not just knee deep, not just being a Bible school graduate and saying, praise the Lord, that's good, and getting a lot of head knowledge. Not just going waist deep and saying, yes, I, I want to do it, but I don't know how to do it. But being desperate enough, like we talked about last week, despairing of my own humanity, despairing of me and my own strength, or whatever's happened to me or what hasn't happened to me, and wanting to go into the river fully. So where I say, God, If it's not you, I can't do this. I want to swim. So welcome to the shallows end. So thank you for watching episode two of the Words in Season podcast, where we're talking about the end of the shallow, the shallows end. And at the beginning, we talked about Ezekiel, 47 going ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, 
and then being in a flood, a flow of, of the Lord, a flow of the Holy Spirit, a flow of experiencing God, where I just have to let go of the bottom and trust that He is going to carry me. So last week we talked about despair and how we, I can't rely on my own humanity. Jesus didn't, and He wasn't hurt or offended, and He forgave those that could have hurt or offended Him. He did not rely on his own humanity or other humanity. So despairing in myself, despairing in my own ability, despairing in my life, saying, God, if it's not you, I cannot do this life. And then this week, in this week's episode, I want to talk about something that Jesus, he experienced while he was on this earth. So when Jesus was on this earth, he predicted his death three different times to his disciples. He said that I'm going to die. So in Mark's account, Mark 8 and starting in verse 31, he said, Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must have, have the necessity to suffer many things and be tested and rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be put to get put to death. And after three days, he would rise again. And he said this freely. And Peter took him aside and said, this will not be so. And he began to rebuke Jesus. But turning around, seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for you do not have in mind, you don't have intent on promoting what God wills, but what man pleases, what pleases man. And Jesus called to him and to the throng of his disciples and said, if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his higher life, his spiritual and eternal life, will lose this temporal life for my sake and the gospel's sake. So this is right before Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, the day that we call Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. He was beginning to let his disciples know what was going to have to happen to him. And his disciples, they didn't understand. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. So even Peter, he said, no, this will never happen to you because he was only thinking naturally. But when Jesus talked about his death, he said, you're gonna have to pick up your cross and follow me. So as Jesus knew he was going to a cross to die for our sins and finish that work, so that all men and women who would ever live could accept that gift, he knew that daily, as Christians, as Christ followers, we were going to have to not die for the sins of the world, accept that as a free gift, but daily pick up the cross and live for Christ. Book 9 says, And he said to all, If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross, daily and follow me and wholly cling to my example and living and if need be in dying also. So as Jesus was saying, I'm going to the cross to die for your sin. And he finished that work. He said, now you as Christians pick up the cross. What does that cross look like for us? It is surrender. That's what this is that I'm talking about going out of the shallow end, ending the shallow part of my life and surrendering to God, surrendering to God in everything that I do, in my own life, in my opinions. Naturally, 
I, I still have opinions. Naturally, I still want my own life. I still have my own plans. But when I surrender it to God, I gain a much higher life. I gain something that's fulfilling. I gain something that I was meant to do. You know, with the natural vision, I can only see so much. But with His vision, I can see. I can see souls. I can see the harvest. I can see other people. But if I only see with my natural eyes, I only see me, myself and I. But seeing with His eyes, surrendering to His plan, allows me to see things that I can't see with my natural eyes. So as Jesus was going to the cross and as he was buried and as he died, he experienced resurrection. But what did he have to do first? We talk about the resurrection, but what did he have to do first to experience the resurrection? He had to die. And then he said to us, he looked at Christians today he looked at Christians a thousand years ago. He was looking at his disciples and he said, now it's your turn to pick up your cross and follow me. And what does that look like for me? Sometimes it means loving someone that you don't feel like loving, forgiving someone you don't feel like forgiving, waiting, giving up my own opinion, giving up my own dignity, giving up my own finances of my time and talent and treasure, everything that I am. When I said yes to Jesus, God asks for everything because He is everything. It's only when I don't surrender Him, when I hold something back from God, that that's when I suffer. But when I surrender, when I say, yes, Lord, I'm gonna pick up that cross, whatever the cross looks like for me, I'm gonna pick up the cross, not sickness, not disease, not poverty, not separation from God, not condemnation, but sometimes it means suffering. Sometimes it means putting down the phone. Sometimes it means going to your neighbor and knocking on the door and asking how they're doing or calling that family member, asking for forgiveness for someone. That is the cross that Jesus has now passed on to us. So it's death to my own life, my own opinion, my own dignity, my own plans. For me to experience resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, death is required. You can never be re really resurrected if you never die. In Galatians 2.20 it says, For I have been crucified with Christ. In Him I have shared in His crucifixion. And it is no longer I who lives, but Christ the Messiah who lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself up for me. So I have been crucified with Christ. That means I identify with Him. In Philippians 3.10, Philippians 3.10 it says in the King James, it says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, that I would be made conformable unto His death. And if any means that I would attain resurrection of the dead. In the Amplified it says, for it is my determined purpose that I would know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, that I may know in the same way the power outflowing from his resurrection. How do I know the power of the resurrection? I identify with his crucifixion and then I pick up that cross spiritually the price has been paid 
Naturally, I gotta walk out this daily life. How do I do it? By knowing him more deeply and intimately, by surrendering my will. As Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but yours. Now I pray that so that I can do the things that God has called me to do, that I can surrender the things that God is asking for me. Again, the only time that I suffer is when I don't fully surrender everything to him. What does God ask from us as Christians? Everything. What did God give us in Christ as Christians? Everything. So it's not like when I give something up, my hand is empty. No, he gave us so much more than we can ask, hope, think, dream, or imagine as we pick up the cross and we follow him. So again, he, how do we know the power outflowing from his res resurrection? It's by so sharing his suffering as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness to the death and hope that if possible, I may attain the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. So the death of Christ allows me to be dead to sin. It allows me to identify with his sufferings. It allows me to surrender everything to him. So it is a good thing to be dead, to identify. You can't offend a dead person. You can't hurt a dead person. And we identify with our death burial and resurrection in Christ. So surrender is that powerful place for a believer in Jesus Christ that allows the death that is necessary to experience this resurrection and the true life that is in Christ, taking us out of the shallows in, ending the shallow in my life so that I can go deeper in the things of God and knowing Him. Happy Easter and God bless you.